Like, could you elaborate on that? Because I, I hate being at the airport. <laughs> so, it's like getting off of the airplane. It's like when you get off and you're like, hey, your whole family's there. Like back when you, like everyone could be there. Welcome to the podcast for Catholic education and Catholics seeking education. This is Going Forth. Structures for Healthy Relationships. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. How's it going, Mike? How are you been? Been doing well. Enjoyed Thanksgiving, yeah. except for a little bit of an illness that struck me on Friday night. But been doing well and got to enjoy time with the family, the in-laws. My first uh, Thanksgiving with in-laws, so... Oh. That was a great time. I think this was my first Thanksgiving with in-laws, too. It was fun. It, it was a blast. No, it wasn't, Anthony. No. As someone who went to your wedding two Septembers ago. But la- but last Thanksgiving, I did not spend with the in-laws. Last Thanksgiving, oh. I spent with my parents. So there I you go. You. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. I uh, It was a fun time to be with the family. Um, I actually got to spend time with both sides of the family. Uh, got to see some snow, which is not always common at Thanksgiving time. Um yes. Cool. So today we're thinking of talking about uh, how the Catholic school and Catholic education in general can help foster healthy relationships uh, for our students. Uh, Before we get into that, though, uh, we wanted to talk about some moments as teachers where we have experienced maybe some sort of God moment with our students or some powerful moment where we helped facilitate it. A better movement towards God from our students. So um, I have one, but would you like to start off with yours, Mike? Sure. I was really excited coming off this Thanksgiving break to begin a a small unit on prayer. Um, So I'm introducing students to different types of, to the, the five different types of prayer, and then offering them some other more specific prayers that they maybe haven't done before, like the like mm-hmm. Divina or the Rosary, and these are for these are freshmen in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but today in class, actually, we did the Lectio Divina, and for 15 minutes, students were like dead silent. Mm-hmm. Which I have I have pretty respectful students, but it was unique to have that extended period of time where students were silent, prayerful. Whether they were sleeping or praying, I can't be totally <laughs> sure. But there were some that seemed genuinely sort of moved, Good. like but that the experience was worthwhile to them. And I'm excited because tonight their homework was they have to go home and practice that with their family. They actually have to do these uh, prayers with their family members. And so it, it excites me to think yeah. that they're taking the classroom, you know, stuff you right. know if you want to think of it that way and bring it home with them to grow in their faith which is special right that's cool um i remember in grad school we learned some best practice was to communicate with the parents i wonder if it might be wise to like just send a parent an email and say like hey your student's been doing a great job with the prayer thing and, and maybe i don't like to find one that has been doing a good job and i'm sure there are it sounds like they're taking it seriously 15 minutes of silence whether um, intentional or unintentional is, is good for the soul. Um, that's good stuff. Um, I actually today had an interesting experience with my students, uh, interesting in a good and a bad way. I, and I, I don't know, it's hard for me to read what students are thinking sometimes. I'm not 
great with that. But um, I wanted to lead them a little guided meditation on uh, the beatific vision because we're talking about hell and heaven and um, a lot of students want to know what's heaven like. And it's tough because as Catholics, we don't know exactly. And, and that's the great line from Paul. It says, we, you know, no eye has seen or ear has heard what God has planned for those who love him. And so today I led them in a little guided meditation on um, goodness, truth, and beauty. Uh, the three things that we will experience when we see God's face. And uh, I had one student, when he was supposed to have his eyes closed, but he didn't. And every time I would get to the next section or you know, imagine something about goodness or imagine the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, you know, he, he was raising his eyebrows and kind of smiling and smirking, and he was looking at me and whatnot. And I couldn't tell if he was like joking about it or not taking it seriously, but it was even if he, you know, even if he wasn't, he was at least listening to me and getting down the idea that this is what heaven will be like. We'll see perfect beauty. We'll see perfect goodness. We see perfect truth, and um, we won't get tired of it. And I thought I just, I, I, it was quiet, just like yours was, but it, I felt like there was some. There's maybe, maybe some of them got it. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I like that. I've, I recently, mm. I shared something kind of similar with students, I wasn't directly talking about the beatific vision or using that language exactly, but I, I recently lost a grandfather and didn't have a particularly um, strong relationship with him. We he wasn't the type of grandfather that said, come here, you know, let me talk to you, or, you know, we didn't we didn't have that relationship, but I, I knew he cared in, in probably smaller, more subtle ways. And in thinking about his his life and thinking about life everlasting one of the things that always struck me about him was his laugh and like the power like the rupture the the eruption of laughter that he would often have and I always think to myself like that's a laugh that makes me think of heaven in some way some special way so I think that's that's Mm -hmm. always neat to get students to think about this sort of earthly realities the world that they can perceive and and sense and getting them to sort of apply that to this you know spiritual realm that I think as Bishop Barron says is a Mm -hmm. higher pitch of existence higher pitch of existence um so I, th- I think that's a cool thing. Yeah. That's that's neat that you got through that yeah. student. Yeah, there was. Well, I don't know if I did or not, but it, yeah, the, I hope I did. <laughs> Go pray I did. I mean, I, I try to. Whenever we talk about heaven today, it was a funny one. We just we I the students know. I think they know some of the comedians. I mentioned Dane Cook, and they probably have never heard of him. But he, you know, Dane Cook's Catholic, but he, not everything he says is gospel. But he does say something that's pretty hilarious. Where he talks about heaven, he says, "I imagine heaven as like an airport." I I think that's like. The students laughed at. They thought it was pretty funny because when you go to when you go to an airport, that is how kind of how I imagine heaven. So I brought that up today, and some of the kids were they dig that they smiled. They said, "Yeah, that's kind of what I can imagine." Everyone's there. Not to get not oh not to get too far off track, but I was going to ask like, could you elaborate on that? Because I (laughs) I hate being at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) It's like getting off of the airplane. It's like when you get off and you're like, hey, your whole family's there. Like back when you like everyone could be there. And your grandma's there and your grandpa and your uncle and they're like giving you hugs and like everybody's there to happy to see you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe you hate being that, ma- yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, maybe that explains it better. Well, good. Well, why don't we move into our topic for today, um, specifically on how Catholic schools can help our students 
develop good romantic relationships and understanding how to develop those romantic relationships. Getting into the topic, Mike, I know that we had talked about, uh, there was an article you sent me regarding uh, how China is encouraging their population to be more romantic. And you had mentioned that there might be a, um, something we could talk about. How, how did this come up? How did you decide to bring up this topic? Yeah, so our this, the school that I um, joined this year and I've been very pleased to be a part of has a, is an all-boys Catholic school in San Diego and has a very strong relationship with the only all-girls Catholic school in San Diego. And the two institutions kind of take pride in each other's student bodies, know each other and, mm-hmm. and get along and see each other at a lot of events. And recently, well, I sh- should say this fall, there was a homecoming dance, as there are at many schools, and it came to my attention that there's there's a rule that to go to the dance you have to have a date. Yeah. And so it's it was a, a a neat I thought a neat rule. I was thinking I was talking with different people about it. And some some people kind of oppose this rule. They say let the guys go dance on their own. And um, as I understand that perspective to an extent, and and can see why people would argue that. But I also thought to myself, I kind of like the the idea that you know to go to experience this kind of memorable school-wide event mm-hmm. um, you have to put yourself out there a little bit you gotta you gotta take that scary step as a young man to ask a date to your school's homecoming so I I thought it was a neat structure that prompts young men to start taking those steps into their romantic lives mm-hmm. in and especially at an environment that's monitored mm-hmm. and you know done at a catholic school right um, i think there's a, a large benefit to having you know such a structure such a rule in place that um encourages that healthy romantic relational development right and i, I think what you're uh, communicating is this kind of this idea that um the church wants to promote monogamy like outright either monogamy or some form of uh, uh, single life or chastity at the heart and you know as much as it's fun to like go to a dance on your own and go go with your your friends or whatever i think there do need to be events where like we are going to encourage uh like uh, the natural way that god has planned for relationships which is one man and one woman like you know, Bob can't take his friend Jill and Alice at the same time. He can't take both of them because that would be like a shame. And the same with a girl can't take two guys. Like it's got to be one on one because they're they're trying to I think foster that healthy reality of of monogamy and not and not like outright. But the point is is that um, this is a set aside event for that. And, and there's always going to be dances like open dances where you go on your own to meet people. But I like that. I like that your point that there's a structure in place. I'd even frame it. I'd phrase it, or frame it around the language of vocations. Vocations. Yeah. I think especially in those high school years, college years, I think many people are are doing discernment and considering what is my vocation. What right. is the sort of deep longing that God has placed in me, and where is that? You know. How, how am I seeking that out? How am I pursuing that? And one way you can begin to take those steps into mm. discerning that mm. that vocation of of um, husband, wife, right, father, 
mother is is beginning with those really small steps of saying you know how do i practice this game of um you know getting someone's attention right. or making conversation getting to know someone mm-hmm. a little bit more intimately finding out about their life and and you know that requires some memorable events that right memorable experiences and and fun times as well, well so it's it's kind of a practice for i mean the I think the church would say that it's a, it is a practice for marriage. I, I was taught very young that dating, if I was going to be dating, it had to be um, in, I had to keep in mind that, you know, dating was the step towards marriage. And I mean, not everyone is called to marriage. That's the whole idea of the vocation. There are many different vocations in the church, but um, we, I think you're right. that The whole point is that there's this, testing the waters and seeing if that's what's right for me um i have i have a few students who have actually been very, very honest about oh, i'm not sure if i meant for marriage i'm not sure if i meant for the priesthood but i, I appreciate um that the a school would put that into place because it's not um i don't i don't, th- I don't think it's pulling any punches regarding why why dating is there and that, i think that's i think that's a good thing like i know that's a good thing because with regards to why we date, we want to foster true love, not just having a good time. We want to foster healthy relationships um, for our young kids. So. Yeah. Um, so you were you wanted to phrase this in regards to uh, how we develop good structures in our campuses for healthy romantic relationships, specifically. That's what you were talking about, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot... I come from the social sciences, and so sometimes my mind mm-hmm. goes to goes to this sort of dichotomy or or this question that a lot of social sciences pose, which is um, what's responsible for well a lot of things really is is it structures and structural aspects of our world or is it agency individual agency mm-hmm. and obviously in almost always the answer is a little of both or a lot of both or you know, to varying degrees, one over the other. Um, but I, I heard of this rule and definitely thought that sounds like the type of rule that it's creating a structure. You know that, and um, and then I was thinking more to myself about well, how are we as a school at at my all Catholic boys school where I teach? How are we as a school um, kind of helping young men hone their own individual? agency and obviously that takes place that in a lot in a variety of classes mm-hmm. in a variety of ways by developing um, critical thinking skills and and teaching them kind of the fundamentals of these different subjects and as it relates to relationships I think psychology theology mm-hmm. maybe a little that little bit of that philosophy that is in our curriculums is very valuable right well there's there's the analogy that you you can't form a sentence until you first know the alphabet you need to be able to know the language to be able to write an essay and and get on with um, speaking and I think that what you're saying here is with the social sciences how do we bring about structure in our schools that could give the students greater agency so they can work within that structure better because i think giving students just like a free reign of of dating life like just like letting the the reins loose at 16 or even earlier can be is can be actually a detriment to them it's it's almost like um 
you know, asking a five-year-old to write Shakespeare. It doesn't really work because it's, they don't know, they don't know how to form, you know, all the different complexities of language. Um, but here with relationships, I think a school can do a great job with some of its basic little rules. And I think Catholic schools have been doing this for a long time. And I think there's been pushback in um, recent years, but I particularly appreciated my Catholic school's rules regarding some of the basics of, of dating. Like, um, I think when I was invited to those date dances like prom or homecoming, or I think winter ball was one, Sadie Hawkins, I think we had that too, but it was at the all girls school. They required a certain dress code. Um, and I think that can be a really great way for schools to help their students along this path. I mean, when students grow up and they go out into the real world and in the college and, and beyond, they will need the tools of how to dress, I think, appropriately, how to, how to look when you go out on a date, how to look when you go out for the, on the town. And I don't think schools are necessarily fostering vanity. Like, I don't think it's all about just how you look in the mirror. There's just, there's an appropriateness to how we look every single day. Um, and that dress code, whether it's during school or at the dance, can really help that. I mean, I appreciated dressing up in a suit or a tux like once or twice a year. And that didn't happen in my day-to-day life. You know, you and I, we didn't wear suits every day. Like, that happened once or twice a year. But it looked good. And obviously, our parents really appreciated it, too, because they like, oh, let's put the pictures up, put them on the, put them on the <coughs> fridge and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of going back to this mm-hmm. structures and agency thing, I think one other way that schools and and not just schools but Catholics I think can address um, and help people hone their own agency is by addressing this monumental issue in our world Mm -hmm. that we haven't talked about enough and that being pornography Mm -hmm. Um, one of our one of the teachers at my school actually was invited to a conference and gave a, a research presentation on the effects of pornography use mm-hmm. on the brain mm-hmm. and how it requires increasing levels of dopamine mm-hmm. to achieve the, the high, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this obviously has tremendous n- negative effects on young people as they approach their relationships, as they, however consciously they they believe they're showing respect or whatever, they're unconsciously being formed in really negative habits and really negative perceptions about um, the people that they are attracted to mm-hmm. through porno- pornographic images. Right. I think, I mean, I brought this up recently in my morality class. Uh, it's it's a topic that I don't think kids want to like. They, we we know what's going on, but like you bring it up in a theology class and morality class, like eyes widen. Like we're talking about that right now. Like this is something that nobody talks about. I mean, even the media is kind of wary about getting diving into how you know is this a good thing for society? Is it a bad thing for society? Um, there's a Catholic theologian. I don't I don't know if he. Maybe he does go by that. His name's Matt Frad. He does a podcast called Pints with Aquinas, and he talked about this. Um, how he did a whole like interview in in Australia about how the effects of pornography on young men. And um, you're right. I think the Catholic Church, as an institution and as a, a school system, can really help our students by discouraging pornography and and also explaining like good. Um, 
explaining and helping the kids understand good images of uh, true beauty. I think pornography distorts that. And I think getting back to like the roots that like, I think John Paul II gets it right. That the, at the beginning of any romantic relationship, there's going to be this like subjective desire for lust, like lust, but it can be channeled towards goodness. So like you can like, you know, when you're the teenage boys, like they see a good looking girl or the teenage girls see a good looking guy. Like it's okay to say, yeah, I'm attracted to that person. But then real like the church can teach them through our theology classes. Hey, like we know you're attracted to them physically, but don't forget that's only the beginning. That's there's a start to what will will deepen when you learn Mm -hmm. to know who they are in their, in their heart. Um, they're not just an image. They're not just a picture. They are a human being with, um, yeah, with a soul. So. And I think Catholic institutions and also Catholic individuals, mm-hmm. whether you're on a college campus or in the high school campus, have a real responsibility to address the issue of pornography mm-hmm. head on. Mm-hmm. Um, even this year, after that presentation, it was at the start of the year that we heard it. I have since a few times in class not on a, on that specific topic mm-hmm. per se but in drawing out examples of sins that students might do i mentioned the word pornography mm-hmm. and you can tell these you know 25 young men in front of me their their eyes kind of go up like like whoa i didn't know we can Talk mention about, that yeah. and there's there's um such a taboo around it and it it is taboo but it's so widespread that it needs to be talked about, mm-hmm. right? It can't be, we can't just put it under, you know, yeah. cover it up and, and pretend it doesn't exist, which I think has been the the status quo for the last ever right. yeah, for, in, in, yeah. Catholic, <laughs> in Catholic circles. And I yeah. think um, now is the time, especially as Catholic institutions begin to, you know, hand out iPads, laptops, yeah. and I- iPads to students. Oh yeah, and um, that you know, got to be aware smartf- of that. Smartphones are ubiquitous, and I, I think these are things that pose a lot of challenges to students' spiritual lives and to their formation of their relationships, whether right. they know it or not. And I think oftentimes they don't. Right. I think uh, <clears throat> where I work now, they used to have the freshman class be theology of the body which I think is good, but it's theology of the body is, is kind of heady. Um, even mm-hmm. reading anything from John Paul II, just it's a little bit tough to get your teeth around. But I think what you just said there may, it gives me a new idea that maybe I'll propose here. Maybe it would be wise that we have a continual either like, you know, assemblies or somehow seminars or like, you know, something for our students every year that they're at our schools to help them remind them or help them on their path of using technology properly because we know that pornography is an issue. Maybe it's just a freshman class, but I think it might be helpful for the kids to be told this bluntly because I don't ever remember. I mean, I'm not in charge of the tech at our school, but I don't even know if we have something like this for the kids that when they get their iPads, like, Hey, we know this is the internet, but did you know that like, this is a probability, a possibility that for you, for you kids that you might just like, you type a Google search and uh oh, like what does Google Images have for you there? Don't click that. Like, get off of that. You know. So, I don't know if I have clear answers on that, but I definitely, definitely am adamant that it needs to be addressed. And there's actually, 
and I should have looked this up. What's the website? Hmm. There's a there's a movement that Russell Brand has even been a part of. Hmm. Um, I th- some other celebrities have have little videos. Terry Crews, I believe. Oh, really? Have videos about pornography harms you or something. Huh. Interesting. Um, but it, there is like a sort of national campaign that's budding, but. Um, and it's it's getting some traction, obviously, among celebrities that you and I know of. And I think right. that's an appealing place to start oh, yeah. with with young people. Sometimes when you when you hit them with the most fervent kind of clear Catholic teaching on right. it, they they turn off and they say, "Well, this is the Catholic teacher teach talking to me about Catholicism," right. as opposed to as opposed to Inviting. this is something that yeah. that you know someone I've seen in a movie. Is, is actually acknowledging is like a problem. Right. No, you, and, then, like, you, and then you bring in the Catholicism yeah. and I think that say, hey, Russell Brand might be a little crazy here or there, mm-hmm. but you know, on this issue, he's actually he's actually got some consistencies with the Catholic Church. Right, and right. It makes sense. Inviting, yeah, inviting a speaker might be a really good way. Having a, a, a mini assemblies might be really good. I know that in the past at our school, we've had debates and I wonder if that could be a topic. We, like it was really well received. We had a... One of our um, theology teachers debated um, an atheist that came on campus and we talked about God and whatnot. It was really well received. And I wonder if that could be a good forum where, you know, a Catholic school hosts an extracurricular, parents are invited, students are invited, or maybe just students, I don't know. Maybe the students would feel more comfortable without their parents, probably. Um, inviting them, you know, and saying, okay, we're going to have a debate on this or this is going to be a discussion. And I think, I mean, myself, I'm not the person to do it. Honestly, I know myself. I'm not hilarious i'm not jokey i'm not funny but i think somebody like you said <laughs> ha hilarious i'm 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 too dry but the i think you're right bringing somebody who is like uh like a celebrity or or somebody who's just a good public speaker talking about this either giving personal testimony would be powerful too but you're right i think that we don't have all the answers but those sound like some decent starting points yeah i like that idea i I wonder to myself, like, if you told parents, if you gave them a flyer mm-hmm. or sent out an email that said, parents, we're having a, you know, just put debate on pornography. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I don't know if you get zero parents or 1,500, you know, every single student's parents exactly. would want to show up for this. I, I don't know, but... Or we, um, we shut down because we get so much hate mail. Who knows? <laughs> Man, it would be an interesting... Yeah, that would definitely... I don't know how it would go over. I'm not... I haven't been around long enough to know. Something, something to consider, something to talk to administrations about. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the the type of thing that certainly would be ripe for a college campus. Yeah, students definitely. that are you know kind of in that away from parents realm, um, but they're intellectually engaged. They're still kind of wanting. They have this desire to figure out life. Yeah, um, might be, might be something to propose to um, college age people. That yeah, brother. I don't think my well. I don't know if my camp, my college campus ever did that, but you're right. That's good. I yeah. I think that college students should definitely engage in this topic. Um, obviously, as Catholics, you know, you and I know our lean, but I think um, just getting the conversation started, I think, can allow for truth to rear its beautiful head. And I think it, it's it's out there. Knowing that there are good people out there that want to teach about this is we can get that and getting that conversation going is good. Good. So I think addressing pornography is a great way to help our students understand like what true beauty is and, and how to actually 
respect human dignity by not looking at them as objects. But I think also another great way to um, for a campus to help their kids, for Catholic school to help the, the students, is to get them started on the journey of just building um, friendships that I think that that's obviously how we start on romantic relationships. We just start with friendships. So um, when I was in high school, I don't. I went to an all-boys high school, and we didn't have a lot of activities necessarily with the all-girls school that weren't dances. They were definitely there was interaction, and people were going to, to games and you know plays and whatnot. But they didn't have anything like a, a movie night or a mixer. And I know you had said that your school does something like a movie night. Is that right, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, I just heard about it. It was about a month ago. They had a movie night with the all-girls school. It was on a Thursday night when there was a three-day weekend, no school on Friday. Mm-hmm. Teachers were there to supervise. It was outdoors. From what I understand, they had pizza or some sort of food. It was a fun experience yeah. for them. Yeah, so yeah. I think that we're, I think that's a really good opportunity. I I'm kind of envious actually, and I think a, um something like a, a barbecue, maybe at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, could be really great opportunities for um, students to get outside of their comfort zones. And I, I um, I, I think a barbecue is what I would what I would plan. But I mean, obviously, there's other ways you could do it. Definitely more um, more structured or less structured. I think games are a really great way for these kids to. Um, engage uh for students to engage of all ages you know when i was in college we would have something like this we had little mixers in in the basement of our dorm and we'd invite the all girls dorms and the co-ed dorms over and we'd have like cornhole and you know, board games and and like it, it conversations would just like flower obviously college is a little different than high school but i think those those kind of environments that are set up with uh you know almost there's not it's not as high high um stress nor as high uh, what's that word high stakes as as a dance is but it still allows for that engagement um i think plays choir uh, dance lessons i think those would all be really great ways for campuses to help them uh, help students of the opposite sex engage yeah we even have dance lessons freshman <laughs> dance lessons that apparently it's been a tradition at the school for I don't know if decades is accurate, but I th- I think it is. Like, there's every single freshman at both schools goes to one of four nights of dance lessons, Dig and it. I was like, that is hilariously awkward. I got to go and watch it and yeah. make fun of some freshmen because they're pathetic. I'm yeah. a terrible dancer, so I, I think I would actually appreciate that as a freshman. I probably would have appreciated being forced to do something like that. Now, like, looking back on it, it probably would have been, like, grumbling, but... Now, like knowing, like you saw my dance at my wedding, <laughs> I cannot dance. Like, <laughs> we tried to do that swing dancing back when we were in LA, but man, I don't. I'm terrible with my feet. But I think that would be a really great way for um, men and women to in, engage in a fairly uh, tame, tame activity, like learning to tango or learning to box step or whatever the heck you got to do to dance. That's a great way. And I, I'm, I'm obviously envious of all of my adult friends who do know how to dance. So that might be something. I don't think these kids know how to dance from it. But I do think <laughs> it it cracks some of the ice that uh, yes. coming to a new school the tension, yeah. creates. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yep. so. Good stuff. Well, do you want to end with prayer like we normally do? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. A few petitions? Uh, yeah, let's do it. What do you want? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. I would like to pray for 
I think I'd like to pray for parents today. We haven't prayed for parents in a while. I think I'd like to pray for them because I think uh, it can be tough for parents parenting teenagers, parenting college students, parenting in general is, is not easy. Um, I want to pray for them for their fortitude and, and strength so that they can help raise their children to be saints um, and to be loving and caring models of, of Christ. Mm. Loving God, I'd like to pray in gratitude or pray for all those freshmen, some of my, what, 59 freshmen that I have in religion with me who could be right now at home praying Electio Divina with their families, mm. uniting their families in with this, you know, assignment, mm. but hopefully with also a moment of spiritual authenticity. May they grow closer to you and um, closer to their families through this experience. Nice. And why don't we say Hail Mary? Because, I mean, we sh- I think it would be a good idea to look to Mary for some guidance here. She is um, the perfect model of holiness, faithfulness as, as a mother um, to our Absolutely. Lord. Yeah. Want me to take it away? Yeah, or would you like to take it away? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. This was a pleasure, Mike. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I hope I didn't keep you too long. Nah. If you're, if Becca's got to get you. No, it's good. Thanks. All right, guys. We will see you. Well, I don't know when we see you. Oh, how, how do I end it? <laughs> We'll see you never. It's a podcast. <laughs> if you were expecting to see us, um, no can do. As we wrap this up, <laughs> please be sure to send us some emails if you have any questions or comments on this topic, um, any suggestions for us. We also would like to thank all those people who have written reviews or rated us on iTunes or any of the places you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate any feedback, and we thank you for listening. You want to say goodbye? We'll see ya. Adios. That was good. I think that was pretty.